Hi, I'm Oscar. This is my dad's podcast. Hi, and welcome to Sweetman Podcast. This is episode 17. This is Simon Sweetman. Today, it's an, a chat with American blues guitarist Chris Kane. He's uh, become a frequent uh, visitor, almost a, a part-time Wellingtonian. Uh, and I think part of the reason I wanted to talk to him was to actually to celebrate the fact that um, Roger Fox, such a great ambassador of music for New Zealand, uh, you know, such a great sort of promoter and supporter and entertainer, um, has, has fostered these relationships, has brought out people, great musicians, introduced them to New Zealand and New Zealand audiences and and for repeat business. And Chris Kane is a great example of that. I, I first saw him play guitar and sing with Roger's band about 10 years ago. And I've always wanted to, to have a chat to him because uh, he's an extraordinary player. Um, so uh, thanks to Roger for, for hooking me up with this. I had a sit-down chat with Chris, who's in the country, to do some shows with the Roger Fox Big Band and the New Zealand School of Music Big Band once again. Um, throughout the interview, you'll hear some tracks of Chris playing. That's an album that he cut in 2015 with the Roger Fox Big Band. The album's called King of the Blues, so you'll hear a bit of Chris's playing. And we finish, we close out with um, a song from Dr Feelgood, which is actually from the brand new release from the New Zealand School of Music Big Band, um, which Roger Fox is the musical director of, and, and Chris uh, sits in on one song, so you'll hear his, his wonderful guitar playing on that track. So we got to talk about all of his blues here. I mean, here's a guy who met his heroes. He worked with it. He grew up listening to Albert King and B.B. King like a lot of blues guitarists do, but he met them. He went on the road with them. He opened for them. He learned from them, and now he's passing on those those lessons. You know, he's, he comes out here and he teaches kids. Um, he plays all around the world. He's uh, a road musician. So just to sit and talk with him and, sh- and share some stories, hear some amazing stories from him, was a real treat for me and uh, yeah if you look at the links um, that I've included here um, there's a couple of shows he's doing this week with the Roger Fox Big Band and with the New Zealand School of Music Big Band and he's playing also with uh, Roy Phillips from the Peddlers so that's going to be a great gig so this is my chat with um, Chris Kane Uh, I hope you enjoy it How you came to New Zealand and how you keep coming back to New Zealand and, sure. then, and then we'll go back from there to Ireland. So I feel like I saw the first time you played here and I can't remember the the year now exactly but it would have been early to mid 2000s. I think you were on the bill Roger did with Betty Levette. Oh yeah, yeah. That was, was that the first time? Or? No, that was the second time. Okay, actually. well that's well, when I saw you. First time I came I think was um, with... Um, what was with Roger with that um, review? And I think it was to um, oh, some different people before, before the one with Charlie Musselwhite and mm. and um, Duke Robillard and everybody. Yeah. But uh, he came to um, San Francisco to see, um, I believe it was the um, uh, Blue Rocket review that I was playing with with Robin Ford and um, a bunch of people who came to San Francisco and. Um, I was just playing with those fellas, and uh, um, then they saw me play, and uh, had me come to New Zealand. You mm. know, it was like so. So I came here uh, with one of his blues reviews, and um, went on a trip around a bunch of places, and it was wonderful. You know, and he was really nice. And uh, then he brought me back the second time with Betty Lafette and everybody. It was like that's the time with Charlie Muscle, mm. Mm. and. Uh, 
it was a beautiful thing. I mean, uh, we tr we toured around and uh, played. So I got to visit with Charlie and all those guys. So we really had a wonderful time. And then uh, he started having me back on a more regular basis, like uh, just by myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, you know, uh, Rogers, like, he's uh, really just a, such a beautiful kind of, like you say, like he's like an ambassador. Uh, he, um, I mean, he really works tirelessly. I mean, yeah. like, really, he's just like a machine. Yeah. And uh, the people that he's touched and influenced in, you know, this area, man, I mean, it's like there's a ton of them. And uh, he's just known as, like, a guy. He really, um, I got lucky that he even found me because, you know, I came back here, this may be my third or fourth time, and, um, I mean, it's just wonderful. And then we made this record, and uh, this record was a wonderful thing for me. I mean, just beautiful how I got to play on this record with his band, and uh, they play so great. And uh, for me, it was like really special. I've never had an experience like that where I could play with a big band like this. And. Um, uh, it was just so, it was easy to do, and it was just wonderful. I mean, I, I'm so proud of that record. I mean, I really am proud of that, because uh, he did, I mean, just handed that to me. You know, it was mm. a wonderful mm. thing for me to do. And you're, I mean, you're primarily a blues player, but you've got, you've got jazz in your playing and in your listening and in your approach, so I guess playing with that band helps bring that out a little bit more in oh, you? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I, you know, I've always loved big bands and I love jazz and I, all that thing, but um, uh, he kind of could see, I think, that, you know, I like that kind of stuff and that I, I played a little bit of that because, uh, and they had, like, arrangements of records that I loved and I had memorized and things. So he, he could just kind of suss that out, you know what mm. I mean? And he saw that I, I knew mm. some of these things. But he's a really incredible person. I mean, he's like a machine. I mean, just the way he works with all day long with guys, you know? Mm. And he's funny and uh, just beautiful. I mean, I feel like probably one of the greatest things that's happened to me in my life is coming here when I met Raj, you know what I mean? Uh, um, you're a, you're a um, part-time Wellingtonian now too. You must be knowing your way, getting to know your I'm way around. Getting and, better at it. Yeah. I'm getting better. <laughs> and I and I you know, but I really have enjoyed every minute I've had here. I mean, yeah. it's like been really. Well, I was starting to say to you before we pulled the recorder out, but uh, you know. You'd know, you know some of the people that he's brought out here because, uh, you know, you came out with Betty and and uh, you mentioned Robin Ford, he's, he brought him out. and uh, But, you know, yeah, he's apart from the work that he's doing with local musicians, there is that aspect that, you know, he's, we talked about this, he's not only introducing New Zealand audiences to these great players from overseas, <coughs> but uh, he's giving you guys... And in your case, oh my God. something else to do, some other place to play, an audience, you know, and and we are we're obviously an okay audience because you, oh, you you come back. I mean, I really, I've had the best times here, uh, just um, to be able to be here and um, just wander around and see what was here. You know, mm. what I mean, I really, mm. it's like I've, I've been to Australian things, but. Uh, 
you know, just the the, the the scene here with the band and the way it is around here, like around Cube Street, there's like the place where all the band hangs. And it's really beautiful, man. I mean, I think probably one of the best things that has happened to me, I mean, in all my life, just to know the band and know him and uh, be able to do things with them. It's like something that just was a surprise, came to me, and that's just been beautiful. Mm. I mean, it really has been beautiful. I mean, I go to the school and um, work with the, the guys at the music school. I mean, uh, last time I was in tears when I left because just bond with all these musicians and things, and then they do this big concert, and then you leave, you know mm. what I mean? And it's like, I just... Well, let's, you said it's one of the, the best things that you've that you've done one of the best things that's happened to you. I, I know a little of your career. I, I became a fan as soon as I first saw you play, so I didn't. You know, uh, we're sort of going back ten years or so. I bought a couple of the records, and then I, you know, looked through some other stuff. Since then, um, I've watched you play a couple of times live, and um, I know that you've got plenty of stories in you and plenty of music in you that happened before you ever got here so I wonder if we could we'll come back to Roger in New Zealand and I wonder if we could go all the way back to um, what got you started and what keeps you doing it so you you started pretty young I did I started when I was like eight years old and my father was uh, the guy that really started me playing the guitar you know he was um, he had all the good records, and he um, he just uh, he would never miss BB King when he came to town. Uh, so when I was really little, we always saw BB King. I saw him, a, God, I mean, countless times. Hmm. And my father, you know, was a truck driver. That uh, he wasn't really a musician, but um, he somehow would always find out what BB King was playing. When B.B. King came around our area without internet and all that stuff, I don't know how he did it, but because he was a truck driver. But he'd always find out and we'd always catch him. If we came to the Civic Auditorium or you came to where we came to, with these little clubs and things, and um, it was beautiful. I mean, just to see B.B. King, I mean, so many times, I mean, I saw him and it was always, it was always great. It was always great. I mean, when I was nine years old, I knew he was, I knew he was great then. And my dad was, uh, I said, anything that my dad liked and that he loved, then I wanted to do that, you know mm. what I mean? It's just a, so uh, that's what really got me started. And he had all the records and he had all the stuff. So I'd just get his records and go in my room and I would try to, you know, play this stuff. So did you go from hearing the records to thinking, that's the instrument I want to play. Definitely. Uh, then I'm going to get a guitar. Definitely. My dad, had, gonna, my yeah. dad had his guitar, and that was like, um, it was in his case, and he told me, okay, you can play it, as long as you put it back in the case. So when I was around eight, he showed me, the first thing I ever learned was, um, baby, please don't go in the key of E. But he was a truck driver, so he wasn't a musician. But he figured out these little arrangements of songs. And then on Sunday, he put his tie on and stuff, he'd go in the garage and he'd, play his set, you know mm, what I mean? Mm. And so uh, he, he took me to see all these people he loved. And um, through that, I was like, I really got turned on to the guitar and the guys that he dug and stuff. So then I started um, trying to figure out what they were playing. And I was doing that. And uh, 
You know, my dad would come, hey, dude, you sound like Albert King right there. I'd be like, you know, what? You know, just, I mean, because what he dug, that's what I wanted to do. So, so I started really uh, trying to figure the things out and um, just stay in my room and listen to these records and listen to his records. And, uh, you know, and then uh, it started to turn into a thing where I could actually just, I could do it. I could do it anytime I wanted to do it. And I really loved, and I love playing the guitar. I mean, just, it was a thing in my life that uh, just brought me so much joy. And the fact that my dad dug it too was, you know, was, was beautiful. So, so I was doing that and um, he took me to see like Albert King and uh, Freddie King when I was a kid, like to Fillmore, you know, he'd take, take me to see these things. And um, then uh, eventually I ended up starting a little band and I, and I started about 1987 and um, I was uh, just trying to do the same thing I had been doing, which was play all the stuff that I like. And, uh, you know, uh, my mom and dad were so sweet. And uh, so um, I get this band together and we start playing and we start opening for people that my dad loves, like Albert King and B.B. King and, uh, you know, and they were all really, really nice, like to me. Um, Albert King, you know, came and my dad loved Albert King. So I loved Albert King. and. Uh, Albert King came and uh, the people in the club said, you know, there's this kid that plays here and he wants to play guitar and something. He's like, no. no. You know, I'm like, please don't make him mad because I love him. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want him to be pissed off at me. So we start to play our next set and Albert King comes in. He's standing like right here. I mean, I could smell the pipe. He's smoking. It's like, he's like right there. And I'm like, so I'm playing and he's like, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And my mom and dad are there, everybody that loves, you know, I mean, they love him. And so he brought me up to play. And so I get up there and play, and I mean, I just love him so much, you know what I mean? I just, I love everything he's ever done. So he starts playing, and he's looking at me, so he starts playing, and he's coming after me, really. You know what I mean? Which, But I, I just love him so much, and I'm like, it's great. So he plays, and I mean, he's trying to get me. And I'm just loving it, because everything he's playing is beautiful, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so then I, I turn up my thing, and I start playing. Boom, he turns around and he looks at me, because I'm like playing, just, you know, I'm playing. Because that's what I love, you know, so. He turns around and looks at me, he goes, well, it's going to get dangerous up in there. And I'm like, you know. So he plays for nothing, and he comes after me again. So I just turn my thing up, and I, I play again. He goes, this is a nice young man. <laughs> And he says this whole thing, I'm like, my, my mother and father were sitting right there, you know what I mean? It's like, and so we play again and it was just beautiful, you know what I mean? He compared me to Stevie Ray Vaughan. He did all these things, he said it was so nice. So, I mean, at the end of the thing, it was like the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. It was just like, I mean, because mm -hmm. I'm a king, you know what I mean? It's like, and then when I would go to Memphis, I go to Memphis, he would come to my gigs. And I look in there, he goes, you know I wouldn't miss you. I mean, he was like, he would come all the time, bring all this clay, you know, and he'd be like, see, I told you, you know. I mean, he was just, wow. but he's like my favorite guy. Mm. And he's, he was, I guess, potentially quite an intimidating guy, not just because of his guitar play. Oh he's a, a I mean, big guy with this, for, with like 15 feet wingspan with his hands God, and it was unbelievable. ferocious playing, you know. And I mean, you know, just his way of being, you know, and he goes, now Chris, he told us one time, he goes, we went to a, a festival, we were playing at a festival at the river in Memphis, 
and I'm playing things, and then all these people started going wild. I didn't know what it was. But Albert was sitting on my amplifier. He came on the stage and he sitting on my amplifier with his pipe, and he's like, Shh. he smoked his pipe, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what I played, but everybody went crazy when there's Albert there. And so uh, I see him, I put the guitar down, I give him a big hug, you know, and I, and I saw his car there, you know, he had like a white Lincoln Continental, and I go, Albert, is that your car? He goes, yep. Finance company's trying to get it now, Chris. But I mean, he's like, he was so sweet to me, right? Mm. So uh, I go, oh, we have a trailer here, Albert. And uh, we were sharing it with Webb Wilder and his band, these guys, his sweethearts. So I go, yeah, we have a trailer here. Come on, we have water and stuff. And he goes, so he comes in there and there's like this other band in there. He goes, I thought you said you had a trailer. I go, yeah, I do, this is our trailer. With, with Webb Wilder and stuff, he goes, where's your manager at? I want to talk to him. And I go, there he is, and I point him. <laughs> to my manager, and he goes, now what would he do if he was here doing an interview or something, which I was, I was not doing interviews or anything, mm -hmm. but I mean, he was like so sweet, I mean, it was just, and so every time I would go to Memphis, he would come to my gigs, you know, and uh, he goes, you know, I wouldn't miss you, and people would like, you know, look, I said, no, okay, and it was just like, so, so did that give you a bit of a bulletproof feeling in a way? Oh like, you know, that's, that, that's an ultimate seal of approval, Oh my right? God, you know, because, um, because he was like my favorite guy, and uh, and he is my, one of my favorite guys. And the fact that he would come and do that was, you know, I mean, it's just, I still pinch myself when I think about yeah. seeing him coming in those rooms we're playing at. And it's just beautiful, you know what I mean? And he was uh, sweet. And so, my dad and my mom were really, really proud about that stuff. You know what I mean? It was like it would happen when they were there. So it was like, mm. it was double beautiful. Your dad introduced you to him in some sense. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Took you me to see him a million times. And then the time we opened up the, 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 the date for him, you know, my folks were there and he he was so nice, you know? He was so, and he was always so beautiful and kind to me. And um, people in Memphis said, I've never seen him be like this with guys, because normally, if the guy played guitar or something, he wanted to crush him like a bug, you know? Mm -mm. And he was really just like, no, I don't, you know what I mean? He was like, that's how he was, you know? But he, he you mentioned Stevie Ray Vaughan, and he kind of had that thing with Stevie too, yep. didn't he? Like, mm -hmm. he, there wasn't competition there. He 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 got that that, that was a guy who grew up I think he knowing knew. his record. Yeah, he, I think he knew he you guys, I'm putting you in the same boat with him because of that story. He knew you guys knew the records and, I mean, and he, gave a shit. Yeah, he really, he was blown up by that because, I mean, I was like, uh, I mean, I had this thing down. <laughs> I mean, because he was my favorite guys. Him and BB mm. were like my guys. So, <clears throat> I mean, it was just, uh, and the fact that my mother and father were able to see him like what I did was, yeah, was beautiful, man. I mean, I just, uh, to this day, I'm, I can't believe some of that stuff happened, you know, just while they were there, you know. Mm -hmm. So I loved them so much, and the fact that they were proud of that. Was... So you had a record out at this point? Uh, yes, I had, I had this record out that I made in 1987 uh, called Late Night City Blues. And from that, uh, we had been playing. I made that record primarily just so I could get jobs around town, because at that time it was like albums, and I thought, you know, instead of giving them a tape, if I had an album to give them, we could probably get jobs, you know? So I borrowed his money, made a record, and then started playing around the area. And uh, then all this stuff started happening, because immediately it was like, uh, we went to Belgium, to, uh, excuse me, to a, um, like a blues festival in Belgium, and uh, Roomful of Blues was there, and everybody, so it was like, our first gigs were like these major things where we flew to somewhere, and. It was just, uh, 
unbelievable. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. It, was just, mm. <laughs> it was really, I mean, uh, the band I had was wonderful because they were like all guys just like me that just loved to play. And um, so we, next thing you know, we're in like Europe and stuff doing these things. And uh, I mean, uh, just kind of snowballed. I mean, that was not the plan. It was just basically I wanted to record, I wanted to play around the area where I lived and just play at some of the bars and things. And, you know what I mean? Just have yeah. that to do. And uh, then I'm like out there, like meeting all these fellas that I love and all that. And uh, it was really unbelievable that it just, cause it just happened so. So did you ever have your mind on a career outside of music or were you from the earliest, no, nah, you're a musician. It's the only thing I knew how to do. Yeah, music. yeah. And I really do know how to do now. If I go into a bank, it's, it's a mess. I mean, it's just, <laughs> but, uh, but I love, I love it so much. And I love the fact that from that, I've been able to meet so many people through this guitar. I mean, it's like, it's a piece of wood, but it's like the best friend I ever had really. And, uh, the places that I've gone and things because of that have been unbelievable. I mean, for a guy like me. I mean, because like where I live, in the neighborhood I lived in, there was no guys doing anything like that. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I really never thought about it. But um, my father's guitar and that whole thing just turned into this deal that was, that is still today, uh, just important to me somehow. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, I've met more nice people. I've done more things that I would have never, I would have never been in New Zealand. I would have never been any of these places if it wasn't for my guitar, you know? Mm-hmm. So, do you play other instruments? Yes, I, I play like um, piano and I play saxophone and uh, bass and things like that. But, but this guy in the corner, that's the first love. Oh my God, you know, it just always was beautiful. From the day my dad let me play his guitar, showed me the first thing I ever knew, baby, please don't go in the key of E. And uh, he was teaching me how to tie my shoes that same day. <laughs> So you, you discover your voice on the guitar through the records. Is that how you discover your singing voice too? Yeah, that was that was the thing because I, I was singing basically in my speaking voice. It sounded like Jerry Lewis or something, you know? And uh, then one time I was at this jam with all of these fellas I know where I live, and I was drinking beers and kind of loose. And this thing came out of my head that was like, I never heard it come out of me before. It was like, <laughs> He's a big sounding voice. And uh, that's what I discovered I could, because I never sang really before that. So uh, that's when I started singing more. And, uh, you know, it's just the funniest thing because I had no idea. And then uh, I kind of got loose with these beers and at this thing. And I mean, I have the tape of it. It's so funny because just this sound came out of there that was different. And, uh, and that was when I started really singing. and. Uh, yeah, it's been great because um, singing has been really like uh, the thing that I could really, I mean, I could express, the guitar I could express myself, but singing was like uh, just the thing that came into my world that was, uh, and I mean, I don't think of myself as a singer. I mean, I see people that can sing, but I can do that thing that I like to do. Mm. And uh, Was it singing that enabled you as a songwriter too? Because, you know, really you, when you're playing guitar, you, you can <laughs> you can exist on some level just playing the songs you dig. It was like uh, they both came in around the same time. It was mm. like I started writing these tunes and uh, 
I mean, people liked him. And uh, that was when it all just kind of turned into this thing. I mean, before that, I was just a, another guitar player like all the guys that live in my town, like that we could all play pretty decent. Nobody ever sang, mm -hmm. you know, they couldn't sing. And uh, once I could sing, or kind of sing, uh, it was different, it was totally different. Because if you could sing, it was just, it was totally different than the other fellas, because, I don't know, it was like, uh, you just had more opportunities or something. It was like, and it was like, the more I did it, the, the better I felt about it, you know what I mean? And uh, I just went for the voices that I knew I could kind of emulate, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean, it's just, that's what started the whole kind of ball rolling, really. And uh, then my band, you know what I mean? We'd play around and we'd go to Europe and go to different places. And then through, Robin Ford and his and his family, Patrick Ford and all those guys, is how I end up starting to come to Australia and New Zealand. I mean, I had been playing like locally and I had done these things. And as soon as we made our first record, we went to um, uh, to um, Memphis to the uh, Blues, uh, it was like the Handy Awards. We got nominated for a Handy Award. Unbelievable, so we go to Memphis and we're on Beale Street where my dad grew up and it's like, my dad grew up on Beale Street, told me all about all this stuff on Beale Street. And so I go there and there it all is. It's like the, the, the old like the, 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 the old Daisy uh, Handy Park where he saw these blues guys that would come through. I mean, it was like all that stuff. He didn't fly it and he didn't like to fly so I couldn't get him to come with me. But I went there and then it turns out that my great aunt Ethel Vincent, like it through this thing called the Cotton Carnival Jubilee in Memphis. It was a famous thing. And I would see these these uh, programs in his room. And so I went there and I met my relatives and uh, I mean, it was just really something because they're all folks I didn't know. But uh, Memphis just became like a place for me. It was like my second home, you know, it was like really. I mean, because all the things that he told me about when I was a kid, they were all there. It was like it was all it was all still there. So it was like, uh, you know. And then to have Albert King come when I would play and stuff in Memphis, you know, it was like it was unbelievable. One day I was there. It was like uh, right after the Handies, and uh, Albert was in. Uh, first I was in the hotel, and Robert Jr. Lockwood was in the hotel because we had just done the Handies, and he goes, "Let me ask you something. What's your background?" I go, "Well, I'm from California." He goes, "No, no, I mean." And I go, well, yeah, my dad's black, my mom's Greek, and then and he's like, I knew that. So he takes me to meet his wife. So I'm with Robert Lockwood for like hours. Like I'm having the greatest time. I gave me his record. We just talked and talked. So then I go down to BB King's club right after that, and Albert's there. He goes, hey, and we start talking. And he goes, now look, you don't sign nothing. Don't ever sign them because he would tell me all these things. And I was like, and I, I went home and I called my parents and I said, you won't believe. The day I just had, you know, I me, mean, my dad had double bottle. Because <laughs> it was just unbelievable, right? Mm. So I brought home the record from Robert Jr. Lockwood, I gave it to my dad. And I think, but uh, I had so much, so much fun in Memphis. I mean, it was just like a second home to me. I haven't been there in like 25 years. And I really uh, died to go back. But I mean, the people that I met there and things uh, was like, just etched in my heart, man. I mean, I, the, really uh, some beautiful people. And a lot of people was, that I met there died since then, and uh, but Memphis was like a a second home to me, mm. you know. I mean, and Albert was there and stuff. So whenever I'd go there, he'd always come, you know. And it was like I knew I'd see him, 
Mm-hmm. So you, your dad was this colossal musical influence on you. Uh, he was the guy that introduced you to so much, and that's how you bonded with your father. Oh, my God. That was, you know, it was really beautiful because uh, my dad was a special guy, he was like a truck driver, and he knew people just through driving his truck. This 18-wheeler, so I'd go with him sometimes, but everything I did with him was was special for me, you know, and uh, he was just a, he was just a great, great person, really a soft-hearted man, and uh, I mean, he just taught us, me and my brothers and I, uh, how to be a nice person, I think, because I mean, he was just, he was wonderful, hmm. and uh, is wonderful in my heart. I mean, it's like, uh, and my mother, you know, was a, was a great character. I mean, she was like this Greek lady, you know, and she liked all kinds of different music. So through my dad, I, I, I really got to know blues and things, and then through my mother, I got to know jazz and like, yeah, well, that's what I wanted to ask about your mum, because you said, um, you know, she obviously was there. She saw you play. She saw you oh achieve. She saw you succeed. I mean, she loved all the guys that my my dad loved. Yeah, right. She was a blues fan, too. So, uh, But she was very eclectic, so she liked Sinatra. She liked all this stuff. And so through her and my aunt and things, I uh, learned about singers and songs and song form and all this stuff. It was like they were just... They were like song people. Mm-hmm. Like my mother would watch a thing on TV and go, there's a whole other part to Stardust right there that he did not sing. That's like, you know, mm-hmm. there's 12 bars right there that he didn't, he didn't sing those. I, I can't believe, you know, like, too funny as hell. But uh, so, you know, my parents were just such characters. It was beautiful. I mean, you know. Well, maybe we all grow up in a kind of golden era of music, but we don't realize it until, you know. But, but you certainly did. There oh. was uh, so much happening outside of the genres we've just talked about. Oh. Did they come into your world as a listener? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, my, my, my parents took me to see, like, my mom took me to see the Beatles on a school day. On a school day. That's you know good parenting. I mean? That's yeah, great. That's awesome. You know A-plus I mean? parenting. <laughs> I, I think about it now, and it just makes me happy. But, uh, you know, my dad took me to see everybody under the sun. I mean, Jimi Hendrix, I mean, you name it. He took me to see all of them. Wow. And, uh, and you can hear in those guys that they've listened to those records you uh, totally knew I mean, as that's well, why right? My, that's so, why my, yeah, that's, yeah, why that's why, my why you got taken to them. Yeah, yeah. my dad dug the fact that they played blues. I mean, mm. when I listened to the Rolling Stones, like 1965, when they came out, and they were doing their thing, and I, I had their first record, and he goes, hey, dude, who are you listening to? Because <laughs> he put all these Muddy Waters tunes and things. I mean, he was like, hmm, you know what I mean? It was, but my dad had the greatest record collection, I mean, and he had the biggest hi-fi, man. He had this loud hi-fi, so you could get your guitar, you could play with his thing. It was like it was like doing a gig, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and then he had all the records. I mean, he had everything B.B. King did on RPM records, all those 78s, he had all that stuff, everything. I mean, he'd go to Oakland to this place called Wolf's Records and get these records that were like you couldn't get anywhere. And uh, uh, so his records were like unbelievable, man. It was like, and, uh, you know, get his records out, get his guitar and I would do my thing, you know, during the day. I'd come home from school. By the time I got to high school, I was kind of playing a little bit, and I would come home from school and I would have like a bowl of cereal. Then I'd try to be BB King for like four hours, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Until mama said time to eat, I'd be doing my thing, you know what I mean? It was like uh, my dad, you know, like had all these records. It was, it was just fantastic, man. And then when I started my band and started playing and they would come to my things, you know, it was like uh, special. 
It was really special. So you know a little bit about New Zealand now, and obviously you've played with, <laughs> you've played with enough Kiwis to know that you know we've got some pretty good musicians here. But we're a small country, and we tend to know who all of the good musicians are, or just about it feels like that. Um, when I grew up reading Guitar World magazine and and you know anything I could get my hands on to do with music, you'd, we'd always hear these amazing stories about you know Jeff Beck would go and cut a record in Nashville, and the the guy sweeping up would go and pick up the guitar and it'd be as good he'd be as good as anyone Beck had ever heard so you come from that part of the world where some of those stories are probably coloured a little bit to to sound a little bit more exciting than they are but there's a lot of truth in that oh yeah no definitely and here man I mean I was blown up like when I went to Australia the same thing it was like the musicians that I met were so uh, I mean they could just they could they could play by themselves in a room full of people and just rock the place with like a little stomp box and a guitar you know what mm-hmm. I mean I mean I need like 19 guys to do my thing I can't you know what I mean but like I was so blown out by the musicians that I met when I came here I mean they're just killing you know what I mean mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's just that's that's what I love I mean I love to play and I love players so I love guys that play and I just I like to be where guys that play are you know what I mean and just hang with them because and um these experiences for me were some of my greatest wonderful things I mean coming here and meeting all the musicians that I met and um, being able to play for folks here mm-hmm. was and is really um, it was just I still pinch myself because I mean I can't believe that I come here that often and I I mean it's just great I mean it's really for me mm. um, probably some of the greatest things in my life that ever happened going to the, going to Memphis and then coming to like Australia and then New Zealand and meeting all the musicians I met Roger um, I mean just such a great person and I mean a great musician all the people in that band can play and uh, you know what I mean it's just like I get to come semi-frequently and, and do this and um I was really, really been like some of the proudest things I've ever done to come here and just, I'm really proud of the fact that that I come here and that people know even mm. some of the things I do and that they come, you know? So you've been here a couple of times a year, the last sort of wee while, so where else do you go as far away as this or nearly as far as away as oh, this? Or? I go to uh, Argentina a lot and uh, that's another surprise to me that uh, I mean, this guy in Argentina was trying to get me to go there for six years. And I was like, but I, I was trying to be loyal to my band and I just didn't want to blow. And uh, But after six years, this guy ground me down. I went, okay, so I went there. And um, I mean, everybody was trying to play like Albert King and stuff. It was like, they love blues. And uh, so I, I went and I did these concerts. And um, I mean, it's like, uh, I go to this big theater, it's like full of people. They start doing like this soccer chant, like with my name in it. Like, I mean, I cried like a baby. I mean, I cried. I, I cry every time I go there because I'm just like, I can't believe I'm that far away from home. And then all these folks, you know, they're just so, I mean, they really like what, what I'm doing. And they, they come, it's like, I mean, it always gets me. I can't help it. And I don't even care anymore. I mean, I just cry because it's like, but uh, same thing as here. Uh, just feel like I'm at home when I go there. It's like I really feel, uh, it's just it's just the greatest thing that came into my life. And I'll go there and I'll be f- there for two weeks or whatever, playing dates and, and going to schools and things. And 
I'm just like, I, you know, I just can't believe the people that I've met. I mean, the, the guys that I met here at this music school, uh, I had like uh, two weeks where I was like artist in residence and I was there with all the fellas, you know, and all the gals. And, and when I got relieved, we did this concert where we do all the tunes that we worked on and stuff. And I mean, I cried like a baby when I was done with that thing because it was just like, I met all these guys at the school. It was, I mean, it's like, you know, if I died right now, I mean, it was like probably the best thing in my life. Uh, just the connection I made with the kids in the school and the stuff, I was like, um, you know, I mean, it's all through that guitar. I mean, I would not even be here if it wasn't for it. What you're um, describing through your travel, your playing, and, and I guess through your, um, you know, your heritage, your background, um, and your family is the music is the universal language. It has been for you. It's been your it way. It really has. It's been your way of connecting with people. It has. I mean, because I'm very, like my mother used to say, I can't believe that you can get up in front of a thousand people and sing on a microphone when you can't talk to one guy. And I'm like, because I'd be really shy, you know. I, I don't know what it is, Mama, but you know, like, um, somehow, I get that piece of wood out, I don't know, it's like I'm, I'm not, I'm not that, you know, it's just, it's, I was always able to do that. And, uh, a lot of people talk about how, even though it's only, you know, we can still see you, but there is some barrier between you and the audience physically having a guitar in front of you. It's just enough of a prop for you to, you know, it is a little piece of armor. Yeah, it is. And I mean, with that thing, I mean, I'm, I'm totally different. If you give me the guitar, I'm a totally different guy than if I'm just you know, sitting here. That thing is yeah, just you, been... You start duck walking and all sorts, right? <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, I don't even know what happens to me, but I get like, um, I mean, I just feel the happiest that I feel in my life when I play that thing. And, uh, and uh, I mean, for about the first 10 years I played, I just keep my eyes closed and I just play. And then uh, somewhere along the way, I opened my eyes and I looked at the people. And I saw like their smiling faces and things, man. I was like, I I couldn't believe all that I was missing by having my eyes closed. But uh, that's when I really think I connected with folks because I opened my eyes and I looked at what was was happening. Mm. But uh, I mean, it's like it's just great. I mean, I can go to places that I always wanted to go, and uh, you know, I can I can talk to folks because through that. You know what I mean? They, they I, I can, I can meet mm. a lot of people. I mean, it gives me a lot of joy hearing that it gives you a lot of joy because um, when I first saw you play, that was the image that I had. Man, this guy is lost in this in the best possible way, and you know, it, it means everything to him right now doing this. And so to hear, it's no surprise at all to me. But to hear that that still is how you approach it and what comes from it for you. Well, my, my father used to tell me all the time, he would say, uh, now look, dude, if you don't feel it, don't play it, you know, but if you feel it. So I really took that to heart and I would always really, you know, it was like if I felt like doing it. So I always tried to feel it when I was, when I was playing because that's what he said, you know what I mean? And what he told me. And I was like, um, the funniest thing is that, uh, um, I mean, the joy factor on playing the guitar for me has been, it's just tripled over my, my years. Well, like, I know a lot of guys at my age, 
And they really don't have that much fun playing anymore. They kind of like are looking at their watch when they play. Mm. They want to get that. They just out. can't do anything else, so they have to do. And that. they and they 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 can't wait to get out of there and and mm. stop playing. You know, and I mean, I can't. I don't want to stop. I you know, it's like I, I love it, man. And I, and I after all these years, I would think that I would get maybe like that too. But um, so you mentioned feel, and I'm thinking feel. Particular, I guess, with any music, but particularly with regard to, I guess, your idiom, what you're, what you've spent your life learning and and now teaching, feel comes from two places, right? It comes from inside, emotional, comes from the heart, but also there is a physical element to feel. You have to have a particular touch to translate that. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, you know, I mean, <clears throat> I was just lucky that. The, the the people that I was listening to and the thing because Ray Charles at our house was like God B.B. King and Ray <laughs> Charles and Marty Waters were like the guys mm. and uh, and we never missed Ray Charles when he came and it was like uh, it was like a thing where everybody in the family all loved Ray Charles it was like he was like the universal sort of like no matter what style of music mm -hmm. you love if he started singing everybody loved it you know and uh, so we never missed Ray Charles and I mean he like was such an influence in my life. Uh, just the fact that he could do anything, and whatever he did, you could feel it. You know, even as a little kid, you could feel it. You know, and um, those those are the people that. Uh, well, all, all almost all styles of music, the ones we're talking about, go through him, right? And oh my I guess God. Aretha Franklin's another one like that, where yeah. you know, and James Brown to a degree too, where you know they get called sold or whatever, but they. They sing blues. They play jazz. It's so they, amazing. They, they do it, funk. They touch. You know? Everybody kind of somehow was, was like you know certain guys only touch people who love that type of music. But Ray Charles to me seemed like a person that like even little kids would love. You mm. know what I mean? I know I did, but uh, it was incredible. Just you know, I mean to go yeah, see. Yeah, well, on my introduction to Ray Charles was Sesame Street and TV commercials, and you know I, I then found out my parents had his records. And, and you know I got hooked on the I guess the actual music but yeah exactly as a little kid just seeing those first glimpses of it unbelievable for and the me. Blues Brothers movie you know yeah. like those sorts of yeah. things were the starting point yeah for me and my age but, uh, but then it's back to those records and I just really um, I mean I can't the, all the times that I saw BB King I mean uh, incredible bands and uh the way he played and the way he was with people. He was just so, and Ray Charles was like, uh, I mean, it was just, you know, it it would just get you immediately and bring tears to your eyes, you know what I mean? Like, I always was amazed at him uh, and how he could make it so intimate, like he's just singing right in your ear or something. It was like, I mean, you know, so those guys were like my, my all-time favorite guys. I mean, B.B. King, you know, um, was just wonderful. He just is wonderful. Hi there. Oh no, it's all fine. Thank you. Have a happy day, huh? Thank you. Yeah, Billy King though was like such a kind-hearted person. I mean, he was never scary or. <clears throat> I mean, Ray Charles could get very, uh, uh, you know, uh, intense, but. B.B. King was like the sweetest, nicest person, man. I just, uh, and, you know, I mean, as much as I loved him, 
you know, he was just, he was everything I thought he was on the record when I met him. I mean, he was just such a beautiful person. I mean, uh, I wouldn't be playing the guitar if it wasn't for B.B. King. And I, I say that every time I play now because uh, it was just, uh, it was incredible to go see that stuff. I mean, my father loved it, so I knew they were happy, but I mean, it blew my mind to just, mm. you know, uh, to see them play like great. My father one time on Christmas Day said, put your suit on, we're going somewhere. And I said, where are we going? Let's put your suit on. 1965, he took me to the fairgrounds. It was James Brown when he just came out with Papa's got a brand new bag. And it was terrifying in there, man, because it was jam-packed with people. The walls were sweating. It was like, you know, my dad was just holding me, but he wanted me to see this, you know? It was like, he was incredible like that, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Just like, he just exposed me to all this stuff, like this. We're just gonna go see a guy, you know. I was like, I mean, I'd ask him. He put a suit on. I go, where are you going? He goes, I'm going. I'm off to see the Wizard. He was going to see BB King, <laughs> and it's like, you know, he's just, he was. My dad was just an incredible person, man. I was just really, uh, like nobody I've ever met in my life, uh, and uh, he loved music so much, you know. It was like, uh, so on the weekends he'd put his thing on, and he'd listen to his things. Like he'd mow the lawn. He'd have like this big PA speaker that he put in the front yard. <laughs> and he'd mow the lawn and he'd have like Muddy Waters on 12 and stuff. I'd be like mortified, you know what I mean? Cause I was listening <laughs> to my Beatles and things, you know what I mean? I was like, yeah, my dad, I don't, you know. But I mean, as I grew older, I realized how <laughs> how cool it was, you know what I mean? He's just, mm. he's a sweet person. Mm, yeah. And uh, I mean, just really a kind uh, hearted person. And um, that's how it all happened for me. It was just cause my mother and father loved it like that. and. The way they were, you know. Um, so, what, what? Where do you? Where are you at? Sort of late, late eighties, early nineties. So, you, the first record comes out eighty seven. I was so called. Let's go, Chris Kane band. Yeah. It was a six piece band uh, with with two horns, and uh, and then we just started playing around um, the states. Like uh, we go on these tours, and uh, that's when I started really meeting all these folks because we'd be out there and I'd meet all these people that I would have never had a chance to meet in these towns that I would have never been in. And uh, wonderful, man. I mean, just incredible. With, with the band that I had, which was like a really tight band, like all good friends. And uh, so we did that and we, we, we played around the areas and uh, um, met all these different folks and found out about all these places that we never heard of. And um, then uh, started to uh, uh, go there more semi-frequently. So then we knew people in these towns and things. It was like, you know, it was like we knew we knew folks there. And um, it just snowballed kind of like it was like beyond what I ever thought I would be doing. I mean, I thought if I could just play around where I live, it'd be great. And then uh, to go on these trips, you know, that would last for like eight weeks or whatever, it was like, uh, just wonderful, man. I mean, just uh, because of this music that I found that I loved, you know? I mean, just really, uh, there's all these other people that loved it too. And uh, I mean, it just, uh, it never, like, I mean, I, I'm always pinching myself about the fact that, you know, I get to go and do this. Mm. And um, uh, um, there's people that I know in these places. It's just, I mean, it's like the greatest thing in my life. It's like the best thing in my life, except for my dog. It's like, I mean, it's like the, my favorite stuff. <laughs> All has to do with that, you know what I mean? And it's like beautiful, man. I mean, I really can't 
I don't think I can express it with words, but I mean, it's like... Um, no, you're doing a pretty good job. It's like, um, I really, I can, you know, it's like I can only, I can only, like, there's not, there really is nothing that's ever come into my life, like when the guitar came in there. It's just been, um, I mean, because I love, I love the instrument, and I love what comes out when, when I, because if I pick it up and start playing it, it just makes me happy, you know what I mean? Always, no matter what the hell, I could be sick, I could be whatever, but as soon as I start to play it, I just uh, feel, I feel great, I feel happy. And uh, I think that over the years, I've been able to somehow play it and make folks can feel that too. And that's, I mean, to me, is like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me that... Uh, you sort of, you work in an area, I think, where um, there are some people that are fakers and some of them are, can be quite good at faking, but, um, you know, you strike me right from when I first heard you as very much a real deal player. Certainly anyone listening to this knowing the way you've worked at it and, and what you learned, there's no, there's no doubt. Um, audiences can spot through the fakery sometimes, not always, but musicians can spot it straight away. Um, you've been lucky to play with some pretty great people. Oh my God, and you know, I mean, those things, like the fact that I played with Albert and I played, you know what I mean, we did things with BB and stuff, and he brought me on the stand and, um, you know, like introduced me and my parents were there, it was like, you know, I'm just, um, I mean, I'm still st stunned and shocked by mm. things that have happened, but um, it really made me happy. I mean, really just, I mean, the fact that like the guys that I dug liked what I did was like uh, the best thing that could ever happen to me. I mean, like Albert King, you know what I mean? Uh, but to meet these princes, have you had to kiss a few frogs as well? Oh yeah, probably. But you know, I didn't even notice. Yeah, I didn't even notice because it's all steps, right? It's all part of the journey, and it's it all really part is. of the learning. And I never really noticed. I mean, I just uh, even the crummy days were really good for me because I mean, the guitar was involved. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We go to. I mean, like we got stuck one time in Norway. We didn't. We didn't have any gigs. We were there for like a month, and uh, we didn't really have any dates. The guy that brought us there didn't know kind of what he was doing. And uh, so we were there for like a month. But, and I told my pals then, I said, you know, one day we'll laugh about this. <laughs> and it took a long time before we were <laughs> laughing. But now we laugh our ass off about it, because <laughs> it is hilarious stuff. But all of that stuff was the thing that kind of shaped whatever the heck I am, you know what I mean? All of those, I mean, the, the crumbing ones as good as the good ones, but there was a million good ones. I mean, it's like, a, really lucky, I mean, just, the band I had, they loved to play. So, um, you know, whatever happened, they were down with it. I mean, if it if it went wrong, well, you know, I mean, we'd just go home and we would regroup. But mm, and you learned from that. Yeah, it was all it was all good stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, it really. I mean, I I know guys should have horrifying tales of like you know being a musician and things that just went wrong and it was horrifying. And <clears throat> some of our stuff was like that a little bit, but. I think for the most part, I was really lucky, you know, I mean, I just went to the places where they seemed to want it when, when I got there, and um, it all went really beautifully, you know, I mean, just, uh, 
I pinch myself all the time because it's great. I mean, it's a wonderful thing. I, mean, mm. uh, I travel all over the place, um, and I wouldn't do that unless I was in the Navy or something, you know? Mm. I mean, uh, it's It's been and it's obviously always going to be a way of life for you. Definitely. But how hard has it been making a living well, you know, through it, it? It is, I think it's probably difficult. It's like, but two things, with me it's like, um, I never really, th I never really, th and I never really thought that I was going to be like some kind of a, a guy that played guitar for a living or something. I just, I just did it because I loved it and I would play it. You wake me up out of bed and play that thing. I just love it. But uh, somehow it turned into something much more than just playing my guitar in my room and enjoying playing it. I mean, I got to meet all these folks and I've, I mean, it's just unbelievable how it turned out, you know, and uh, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't, I never do, but uh, I know it'll involve the guitar and I'm going to love it, you know. Mm. I mean, it's just, it's really been, I mean, I wouldn't be talking to you today. I would, I wouldn't, nobody would, you know, but that thing has just been uh, the best friend I've ever had from the time I was eight years old. I mean, I would practically sleep with it. I just thought it was the greatest thing that they ever invented, you know. And I saw this thing on television was like a, it was like a thing about the guitar. I never had rock guitar, all these different guitar players. But the first time I've ever seen a thing where they talk about how it grabbed them, and it was like, I mean, I cried through this whole thing because the first time I ever heard guys talking about like, it would be in the corner, but it seemed like it was calling to me, you mm. know what I mean? And it was like that, it just killed me because I mean, that's, that's what it's been for me. It's like, I mean, I can't leave it alone. Mm. It's like, I just, I don't want to, you know what I mean? I mm. love, I love it. I mean, I really do. Do you think it's the, part of it is um, the idea that something new can come out of it every single time? Oh yeah, you know, I mean. And um, then another part of it for you seems to be this immediate, connection back to when you first discovered it and when you first discovered those records yeah, and definitely. when you bonded with your father and growing up you know and all yeah. of and all of that music and then and then you know people say never meet your heroes and you seem to have nothing but great stories about doing exactly that oh man i mean you know it's just like uh and the beautiful thing is after all these years like yeah it's still fresh and it's still like there's things that come out of there that just turn me on. I mean, like I, I, um, I it, it never ends. You know. I mean, it's like you can never know it all. So you can play mm. for like seventeen hundred years, and you still are gonna find things that you dig. And I mean, it's like that's my favorite. My I think my favorite thing about the guitar is just like find these other things that I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't really hip to uh, some new thing that just turns me on. I mean, like I was just. It's incredible how it's been. Like it's been the greatest friend I've ever had. And people with the lousiest technique sometimes bring out some unbelievable, incredible voice or I mean, something that someone with impeccable technique never got to. That's what I really was blown out with when I started traveling and I meet guys, uh, older gentlemen that like um, weren't really, uh, but this raw thing that they did that was insane. I mean, like, just...
You know, and, and they would be like, uh, you know, more willing to want to go to this young cat and like, hey, here's, here's kind of what it is, you know what I mean? And mm. I've, uh, I've had a zillion of those moments and uh, they're all great. I mean, I've never really had a crummy moment with a guitar. I love it, man. It's like just, uh, yeah, it's a wonderful instrument. And, uh, you know, now I meet guys that are like, you know, young. And uh, I went to Brazil, and uh, there's these guys there that were all really good guitar players, wonderful guitar players. And they and they were coming to me, and the guy would go, when I was 11 years old, I heard your record cut loose. And I go, did somebody tell you to say that? <laughs> because guys were coming to me, and it was like all these younger guys, and it was like, really, man, I mean, I had no idea. You know what I mean? I made those records, but I had no idea. You know what I mean? And these last couple of years, I really uh, got my mind blown by guys that are younger than me that liked my thing and they were doing kind of what I was doing with other fellas, you know what I mean? Well, the internet wasn't around when you started doing it and now it is and, and that allows us to, to you know, oh, all people cool. need is the introduction and then they can go back and they suddenly they know more about you than you know about yourself, Unbelievable. right? Unbelievable. I mean, I was so blown out by the fact that I go to these places and, or I'd be the thing and, and the man and his wife would come and say, we saw you on YouTube, mm. so that's why we came here tonight and, you know, we really enjoy but I mean, the internet has been unbelievable, man. It's like, uh, you know, and I mean, first time I ever got a computer and I looked, I looked up things that I saw on television when I was a kid, because <laughs> I wanted to see if they were as great as I remember them, mm, right? Mm. I saw this thing with B.B. King at the Monterey Jazz Festival where he brings T-Bone Walker up. It's B.B. King's birthday. And he goes, and I'm gonna bring T-Bone Walker up. And I was like about nine when I saw this thing. And I go, I wonder, you know, if that was as great. And man, when I watched it, it was it was as great or better than I mm. even remember. But mm. but there were things that were like etched in my soul, man, that I saw on television. Uh, and yeah, I go know, and watch Anita O'Day singing from the jazz on a summer's day film about, about once a week or so. Great. You I know? mean she, you know, that's another one. Uh I got this thing with Anita O'Day one time. Well, it was like her and a pianist, and uh, they were gonna do Four Brothers by Woody Herman. So it was like her and the pianist, and she was gonna sing a harmony to what he was playing the line, and it was, I mean, it sounded just like Four Brothers, but with two people, and it was like, it was awesome, and I, and I recorded it, and worked it out, you know what I mean? But uh, mm. I always loved Anita O'Day, just, uh, you know, because, song lady, you know what I mean? Mm, mm. Like, remind me of my aunt, man. I was mm. like, she's just a, and she's a character, you know? And all those, like the people in jazz, once, because once I was like really uh, in love with blues and I loved it so much, I got drawn to jazz somehow. Mm. And uh, all the people in jazz, the characters, I was like, um, so I got these books from school and I read about Thelonious Monk and everything, but. Uh, and then I go see these things with like great jazz, I mean, incredible artists. But that's just a case of, like you said, reading, but also going back through those records, isn't it? And finding that, you know, B.B. King, D Doug, Charlie Christian, yes. and, you know, a bunch, you know, T-Bone and Wes Montgomery and a bunch yeah. of other players and how they all, bits and pieces come from... It happened to them too, you know? Yeah, that's it. That's it, just as you're piecing it together. And, you know, it's just like... Um, they were... It was unbelievable. I mean, like, it's been a journey for me, like, this whole guitar thing that, uh, 
really incredible, man. I mean, just the most beautiful thing. And all my folks are in here and things. And um, but yeah, I mean, when I, when I discovered all the jazz uh, people and all of the you know the characters in the music, uh, unbelievable. And you know, and then I love jazz too, and uh, couldn't help it. I mean, just and my uncle was a was a, was a character. He was like a. He's like a chef at this restaurant, but he he like come over to the house like at three o'clock in the morning. Uncle Dick would come over and be like, hey, Uncle Dick, it was like everybody get up. It was like a big thing, and uh, you know he come in the room and go, Crisco, he call me Crisco, Crisco. This is jazz at the Philharmonic. You know, like, they had a radio and they, huh? You know, he turned on the stage with like Charlie Parker and, and with Lester Young. It's Lester Young and uh, Crisco. I'm like, oh yeah, but but I mean my Uncle Dick was like that. He's just like you know, like my family was just sweet folks and. Uh, they all love music. I mean, everybody in my family loves music, so I was just really lucky. I was so lucky to be around those folks that like like it like that. You know? I want. Are you a are you a book writing kind of guy? Do you think you've got a story in you that you want to get down on paper? Gosh, I don't know if anything that I would be that interesting. But as you, like I talk about with friends of mine that I've known for years, we talk about things. It's like it, there's some things that have happened that have been like. Mm. It's just, you know, it's unbelievable, mm. you know? Mm. But yeah, things that you probably still pinch yourself about, right? You still... But I mean, you know, I mean, that happens to everybody. I just feel like, uh, I feel like if there's anything that somebody that plays guitar or something wants to know of it, if they like something that I do, I'll, you can wake me up out of bed to, I'll be show you whatever that it is. Because uh, when I was a kid, all the guys that played, they wouldn't show you anything. Like they, because they knew I was trying to figure it out. Mm. So I mean, they would like, you know, they want me see it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, I just, but I mean, I was it's very, very different now, isn't it? Again, because people could just go online and find out. Yeah. If they can't work it out themselves, they can get the different camera angle. They can get the different, you know. And I think it's like, um, yeah, uh, I've never been afraid to like show, like, you know, everything I know. Like here it is. I mean, because. It's going to be different when he plays it, but it's going to be like something that I, I mean, when I was coming up, if somebody would have done that to me, would have been, and the guys that ended up doing it, really just, uh, they, they have a place in my soul, just because, I mean, they, I remember everybody that showed me, or encouraged me, you know, and, you know, I mean, I just, I think it's been, uh, it's been the most beautiful little journey that I've ever had, I mean, look, my life. I mean, it's like I, I wouldn't have done anything else because I don't know how to do anything else. But uh, it's just, I mean, it's been beautiful. I mean, I just, every day I wake up, I feel like uh, I'm happy. You know, I mean, I like, I like it. I just like, like playing that. I like doing the dates. I like to talk to people. I just like, it's all stuff I dig. So it's all in one big ball of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I just love it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I wondered if we could, we could talk a little bit about B.B. Um, King and a little bit more about him and, oh. and specifically, um, you know, when when we all got the news last year, which we knew, I think anyone who was a fan knew it was coming for yeah. some time. That, um, that whole thing for me, because I mean, I saw him so many times in his prime. I mean, I saw mm. him like when he was young and I mean, he was amazing. I mean, I saw him cry when he was playing. I mean, at Winterland with Freddie King and things, and I was just like, you know, my dad, <laughs> my dad would take me to see B.B. King all the time, right? 
So my dad was a backstage with BB King one time at Winterland. It was like BB King, Freddie King, and Martha Hoople. And uh, my dad said, my, I'm standing there, you know, and I'm like just digging on BB King. And my dad looks at my dad had a little buzz on him. And he goes, and he tells BB King, he goes, hey, baby. And he points at me, he goes, he got you down pat. And I'm like, <laughs> he got you down pat. And the BB King looks at me and goes, well, it's important to develop a style of your own. I'm like, I didn't say it, King. <laughs> My father, he got you. My dad's so proud, right? You know, and that just <laughs> that stuff. You know what I mean? But uh, I mean, that the whole thing in a nutshell, man. It's like been so beautiful. And I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought I'd make one record. I thought I'd make one record, and I could work around town. And uh, I made more than one record. And uh, I mean, this this thing I made with Roger and them. Uh, I love big bands, man. I loved them. I loved Woody Herman. I loved all the guys. I had this album with like Michael Bloomfield playing with Woody Herman because Michael Bloomfield was one of the first idols I had. Like with BB King, it was like, Phew. you know, I mean, and uh, and then to come here with Roger and his band and uh, play those tunes. Mm. I mean, it's just you know, I mean, all things I never thought would happen. And you mentioned Freddie King there, and I thought, how how could we have talked for so long and not got to him? Well, and know, there are so many like that, right? And I know oh, Freddie King was important to you too. Oh my God! As I'm, he is to anyone who plays yeah, guitar and digs oh, blues or unbelievable. I mean, the, yeah. like the the power and mm. uh, you know, I mean, first of all, these guys are all like eight feet tall mm. with a green suit on them. It's just like it's larger than life already. And Freddie King, for me, like, we never saw him play live. My dad took me to see Albert King, Freddie King, and Martha Hooper at, mm. at, at Fillmore. And, uh, you know, he had those records, uh, Boston Over and with Freddie King. and all. So we didn't know what it was going to be like live. And, I mean, we were right in the front. And, I mean, it was like a keg of dynamite blew up in our faces. <laughs> mm. Unbelievable, man. Mm. His singing and everything was, like, just incredible, man. And uh, so it was, like, all those guys... And that thing, but I mean, BB King in my life. Uh, I mean, he traveled all the time, and he always seemed uh, he's very kind-hearted. You know, he's never grumpy, or mm. if he was grumpy, he never let on. You know, but I mean, in Memphis, like you'd see BB King, there'd be like a ball of a thousand people. It'd be like this, and in the middle of that was BB King, and always uh, it was like hubbub, man. And uh, he'd just be. Just so, you know, he never get cranky and stuff. It was like, and I felt like it was what a great ambassador of that music because he was perfect, man. Like, like he'd go wherever he'd go, he had a sweet disposition, and it wasn't like, you know, because some of these guys are mm. very surly. I mean, like, you know, you go to Chicago and stuff, and guys, you know, like they're cranky and mm. surly. And, and what, my, you don't know about my music, you know, just like. And, uh, you know, B.B. King was just like a sweet person, man. I mean, Albert King was surly as hell, but for some reason with me, he was just a <laughs> sweetheart, man. And like guys in Memphis, I've never seen him do this. You know I mean? I was so thrilled. But, uh, you know, uh, just incredible. What a journey for me, man. Just uh, to see all the guys that I loved, I got to see them a lot. And then I go home and then I try to do that, you know what I mean? Mm. It's like, but. They all really had an effect on me, man. It's a serious effect. I mean, to this day, it's like... Um, I didn't get to see B.B. King in his prime, but I saw him in 2011. And, uh, you know, in, in many ways, lots of perhaps the magic wasn't quite at his fingertips, but but in other ways, it was still absolutely oh my God. there. Yeah, I mean, he tells as soon as he touched a string... 
it didn't sound like anyone but him. Unbelievable. I mean, you know, I, I didn't, like at the end of his kind of like years, I, I had a problem with like seeing him not be able to play, like, mm. you know. Uh, but um, I mean, all that stuff is in there, man. I mean, I saw so many incredible nights with him where, I mean, one night, it was like Freddie King and him, and they were both playing together. And that's the night BB was crying and was like playing. It was unbelievable, man. We're right in the front at Winterland. And uh, <clears throat> at the end of this thing, they were both playing, and they both broke an E string at the same time. Ah! They, they stopped playing. Thank you. It was like, uh, so Freddie King had these finger picks, but BB King had these BB King picks. And he's handing them out to the crowd, and these people are just dropping these picks, and they're like, ah! Hey, you know, and I'm like, get that along with. I must have got like 25 of these picks that night because I mean, I just get the fuck with you. I get these picks, man. I got a ton of those BB King picks, and uh, I mean, just it was like uh, such a moment, man. I mean, like both the break strings at the same time. BB cried that night. It was like, shh. I mean, and they're just awesome. I mean, those nights were like incredible, man. I mean, just my pals and me, you know, come home out from those things just blown away and it would just inspire you so much man I mean it's like it was like somebody put a fiber in the skillet I mean I dug and I mean the Fillmore and Winterland were like the places where I saw a ton of guys I mean the first time I saw Michael Bloomfield I mean I loved him so much I was like just like an idol you know and I, and I saw him and you know talked to him and it was like I mean he must have been one of the first of those guys, I guess, apart from Hendrix, that one did. of the first of those guys that carved out his own thing, but totally knew about all of the tradition. And, and could, it was and like could, a musicologist. And, and could call it up, that's yeah. right. He was yeah, like yeah. a musicologist. I mean, he was so, like, like he knew about all of these, not just the guys you dug, but like he knew about these other mm. acoustic people. And man, he was like a real musicologist and so knowing and that stuff and like so willing to just tell you about it. Mm. And it would be interesting as hell. I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, he was a character, man. I mean, like he, he could fire eat, he'd do all this stuff. But I mean, you know, he's my favorite guy, but he was really quirky and stuff. Like, I mean, I saw him one time in Winterland and like, it was really cold outside and he had socks on his hands. I mean, he did, he did the goofy <laughs> stuff, you know, like, a, I didn't know, you know, what, why, but, but he was different. I mean, he was like different than any musician that I ever, I ever saw. Uh, but I mean, he knew how to tap into that thing and break it down to a whisper and play things that would bring tears to your eyes, you know what I mean? And it was the first guy I ever saw that wasn't a black gentleman that could do that, that could bring the dynamic down to a whisper and make people just cry. I mean, it was like I thought, wow, I mean, he really, he really knows, you know, how, how to get to that place. So Bloomfield and B.B. King and, and Peter Green and all those guys were like my guys, you know what I mean? It's like um, to this day, I mean, they're my favorites. And uh, yeah, Peter Green was a big one for me. It still is. I mean, his tone. And yeah. Just the way that guitar sounded was like. I know uh, some people get a bit down on the whole British blues thing, but no, I, I thought man, it brought, no. it brought it so much to the party. If it right? wasn't for those guys, I swear to God, because yeah. it was like I, I, I would keep going to those guys, which would take me back to my dad's records yeah. of the real guys. Yeah. I mean, which other guys, you know? But yeah, yeah. But I mean, um, yeah, John Mayall and his bands, he's like the Miles Davis of the blues. I mean, like every guy that came out of his band became a leader on his own yeah. and did shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just big shit. And uh, I mean, like Savoy Brown with like that band with uh, Chris Yulden on mm. with the top hat and things. I mean, those records, man, Keith Hartley, 
You know what I mean? Like those records, man, the blues they played on those records, unbelievable, man. That record, Half Breed, I mean, the guitar players, things. Stan Webb and Chicken Shack, just, I mean, I lost my mind. I mean, I loved all those guys, especially the English guys, because I just thought, man, they, they seem to know <laughs> how to tap into this thing like nobody I've ever seen. I mean, they just could play their ass off. And their records were always phenomenal. I mean, I loved them, you know, so much. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't think anybody could really have anything bad to say about the guys from Britain because they kind of showed guys in America mm. <laughs> what yeah, they came out of their country. Exactly, they, I was going to say they gave, uh, they they gave America. Us, so the, what we had there was like unbelievable, mm. you know what I mean? And I, I love those bands, man, uh, as much or more, you know what I mean? Just because as a kid. Yeah, it's the they, nostalgic flavor too of when that hits me, you, right? Like, they showed me things about things that were in my own little world that I wasn't really paying attention to. I was like, man, that's great. I mean, it's like, wow. You know, because they loved it so much too mm, mm. awesome man just really I loved all those I mean I love the English bands just I mean I knew if they were from England right away it was gonna be some good shit <laughs> are you excited about what's happening today and in, in players I mean obviously you get oh, to yeah. you're, you're helping you know with residencies and, and with coming uh, out here and working with the band and that you're getting to nurture people but but I mean on the road on the I road go, are you on seeing the, on the road I see guys that are young you know what I mean mm. that are like um, amazing Mm. They sing their butt off, and they're like, I mean, and I get, you know, I, I get really turned on by that, man. I love that. I mean, you know, any guitar players and whatever, so I'm like, I'm down, wake me up, I, I don't care. I love it, man. It's like, uh, and, and, uh, it's so different now than it was like in the 60s and 70s, um, you know, um, just how you find it. And I mean, these guys, characters that I meet, young guys, they don't even have like a tape recorder or you know they tape it on their phone mm. or something and mm. and then they know it all i'm like you know what i mean they, i'm like how the hell did you do that i mean it's like you know they're, they're they're hilarious i mean i have guys where i live they're like they're like my kids i mean they they play the guitar and uh, you know they come by my house and i make them dinner and we just hang out and, but i mean uh from the first time i met with these guys they just i mean like they just one little thing I mean, I didn't show them anything. I just say, here's some records that I like and stuff. Then I see them like two weeks later, and I mean, they're just like... Have it all done. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, so it's awesome. I mean, I love that. I love that more, I think, than playing. It's just the fact that, you know, these younger cats that I know, they'll come by my house and they want to know what what I like and what I, you know, and then we sit and they'll hang out and, and then they do beautiful stuff. I mean, they're like good, they're good guys. I mean, they're like really good people. Mm young gentlemen uh they're, they're nice people though but you know and they play their butts off and it's like uh it brings tears to my eyes man when i see them because i mean it's like i mean from the first moment i met him was like looking in a mirror it's like i just felt like these guys are just like i was when i was a kid i mean they're, mm. they're just voracious you know what i mean well again it's that thing we've been talking around isn't it universal language people looking at that guitar in the corner and wanting to help it speak knowing yes. that it's going to speak to them so that they're going to speak through it and i mean it's it really is i mean like i mean i'm sure you see musicians all the time and you your line of work you see music and stuff and you see how the music changes but i mean uh when i really was able to meet other guys that play guitar young younger guys that liked what i did uh and talk to them and see how they I mean, it was like it made me feel about 20 years younger just just playing with him and hanging out with him. It's like, um, 
beautiful. I mean, that's that's what it's really all about. It's like then these other guys get a, a hold of it and then they do stuff with it. It's like, it's good, man. It's like really wonderful. So not to be too morbid, but I, and I feel like I know the answer to this already, <laughs> but you're going to be one of those guys that's going to keep playing like your heroes did as long as you're around and can do it you're going to be playing right definitely I mean I feel that maybe I got like maybe 10 years left in my you know because I'm like 60 years old right now I mean I never thought I'd live longer than 70 years old if I make it 70 I'll be happy but uh, you know I feel like that I'm in a point in my life where like whatever I do or know or whatever you know if there's guys that want to and they like it or whatever, that's what I'll do. And I'll do it until I can't do it anymore, you know? But I mean, uh, every day that I get a chance to do it is, is wonderful. I mean, it's just great, man. Mm. It's awesome. Business is truly this man. 